Father, may we know you. May we experience you. Take us to that place that is full of your presence and your wonder and your glory. Fill us with your grace that we might be men and women filled with awe. That's what it means to grow in grace and gratitude. Welcome to First and Foremost, a weekly broadcast of First Presbyterian Church in the heart of downtown Greenville. Senior Pastor Richard Gibbons invites you to join us as we study God's Word together and discover what is first and foremost in our lives. This morning we are continuing a new series of studies in the book of Acts. And so if you have your Bible with you this morning, could you turn with me please to Acts chapter 2. And we're coming to the final paragraph in Acts chapter 2, and it begins at verse 42. And you'll find it on page number 1694 of the church Bible, page 1694, Acts chapter 2. While you're looking that up, let me introduce our passage this morning simply by saying last Sunday we started, as I said moments ago, a new series of studies entitled Growing in Grace and Gratitude. And we're working our way through the book of Acts for the next 10 Sundays. And so this morning we're coming to the final section of chapter 2, and it's entitled The Fellowship of the Believers. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe, and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common, selling the possessions and goods they gave to anyone as he had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Amen. And we trust that God will bless to us this reading of his holy word. They devoted themselves to apostolic teaching. Now, what does that mean? Well, you may be asking that question, and you may be saying, Richard, help, help me grasp that. Unpack it for me a little. It's easy when you're a pastor, you understand apostolic teaching, you've got the background and years of seminary, but help me grasp, what does that truly mean? Hold that thought for a second, and we're going to come back to it in just a couple of minutes. Because there may be others here this morning, or you may be watching by television, listening on the internet, picking up one of our podcasts. And you're saying, Richard, I've been to First Pres off and on over the last six months. I enjoy it. I always like being with you. But what are the things that define you as a church? What are your core values? What are the things that I can expect when I come on a Sunday morning? What are your priorities? Well, there are several. And the first priority for us on a Sunday morning is this, the worship of God. Every Sunday morning, when the pastors meet together at 8 o'clock, we are in somewhere around 7 o'clock, and we are preparing for a long Sunday morning. And when we meet at 8 o'clock, we go over last-minute details of the service, and then we have a time of prayer. And that time of prayer inevitably closes 
with the sentiment, Father, presence yourself in our midst that we might worship you. That we might worship you. Worship for us is always a priority on Sunday morning. It's not so much an activity. Rather, it's a central part of our identity. Here at First Pres, we believe Sunday morning worship is the highlight of our weekend. There is nothing more thrilling when corporately the people of God get together. And in the midst of that worship service, we're going to do several things. We're going to try and encourage you to think of First Pres as a secure spiritual home a place where you belong, a place where you can rest in the presence of God, open up your heart and mind and soul to Him, and allow Him not simply to deal in a cosmetic sense with you, but to go deep and begin to challenge you and comfort you and encourage you and strengthen you and enable you to grow in your faith. Those are the things that you can expect on a Sunday morning, a secure spiritual home, A place where the Word of God is life-giving and life-affirming. And that's what the first century Christians discovered as well. They discovered that His love and His grace and growing in gratitude and grace is life-giving, is life-affirming. It's exciting and dynamic when you have that passionate longing, that great appetite to know Him in that fuller, deeper, richer way. And it happens when we open up and engage with the Word of God. That's what's happening when we focus on apostolic teaching. For the Christian, growing in our faith, being stretched in our faith, challenged by God in new areas of our life, being refined and cleansed and renewed by Him is for us His greatest compliment and our greatest joy. That's what it means to sit under apostolic teaching as God changes and refines and challenges us. And that's why on a Sunday morning we're going to spend time in the Bible. That's why we encourage you each Sunday morning by saying, if you have your Bible, open it up too. Because we expect you to bring God's Word with you. We expect you to be growing. We expect you to have an appetite for the things of God. When you are exposed to the Scriptures when your heart and mind and soul is drawing you back to them again and again and again, when you're learning from them, when you're engaging with them, you will begin to grow and develop in ways you have never imagined, never imagined. And that for us is a priority. So if you're asking again, what is apostolic teaching? That's exactly what it is. We will spend time in the Word of God Sunday by Sunday. We will do so intentionally. And as we do, we will also seek to prepare you to live out your faith in the messiness and distractions of daily living. We will talk about Christian standards. We will talk about Christian values. We will show why it's applicable in the messiness of daily living. And ultimately, what we do Sunday morning is this. We engage with God Himself with God Himself. Folks, you will not get that anywhere else in the course of the week. 
You'll be highly entertained with what you see on Netflix. You'll enjoy meal with, with family and friends. But here we intentionally engage with God and we seek His presence and we want to hear His voice and we long to feel His touch and be transformed. Is that specific enough? Is that giving you a sense of what to expect? Because the principles we see here in the first century are the same principles you'll find here in the 21st century. Now, having said all of that, let's get further into the chapter. When they say they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and prayer, Luke summarizes all that's happening, as you know. And allow me please to draw an analogy between, as I said earlier, human birth and growth, or natural birth and growth, and spiritual birth and growth. One of my great joys as a pastor is to get to a maternity ward. And sadly, sometimes in my job, I can leave someone who's terminally ill and within 10 minutes, I can be in the maternity ward. And so sometimes I find the two extremes. But at the same time, I encounter God in both. And when I go into the maternity ward, of course, I discover after four or five hours, the wee one is, of course, very red and fast asleep, nestled in mum's arms. And there is dad. And there is grandparents on both sides. And of course, grandparents on both sides now have iPhones and are photo photographing these wee ones from every possible angle, uh, and every possible area is covered. And of course, grandparents know, and this is a universal truth, that the best-looking, most intelligent grandchildren ever to be born anywhere in the entire universe is born in Greenville. We know this. That's just an established fact. And so having taken 500 pictures, they then put them on Facebook, and of course, they want to share. Because new birth is spectacular for the entire family. That's what was going on in Acts. Here was God, the Holy Spirit, breaking into lives, transforming, impacting, drawing people to themselves, and they could not keep it quiet. Could not keep it quiet. In fact, later in the passage, it tells us this, and they were filled with awe. Filled with awe. Filled with awe. Overwhelmed, incredulous at the love and grace and goodness of God. And it moved them to worship and adoration. That's what happens in those early moments of natural birth. That's what happens in supernatural birth. And suddenly you have an appetite for the things of God, for apostolic teaching, for fellowship. Of course, when you are only a couple of hours old, for the next several years, you are profoundly dependent on your parents, unable to open your eyes, unable to speak or think for yourself, no neck muscles, just wobbling within the first few hours. But what happens? Every adult in the room wants to pick you up and love you. And that's how a child grows. 
It's how that child bonds. It's how that child becomes themselves when they are dependent on adults for sleeping and eating and changing, for growth and maturing. And that happens in those early years, growing from infancy into childhood. And when they get into childhood, of course, you know it's so much more fun, so much more fun. Fingers are everywhere. No longer do they simply roll on the carpet. They can now crawl and stand and pull themselves up and stick the finger up the dog's nose and in the cat's eye. And they're curious, wanting to learn. That's the picture of the young church in Acts, desperate to know him more, long to be exposed to his grace, wanting to go deeper in their walk with him. All of that is a picture that's taking place here. And it begins in apostolic teaching, and it moves to fellowship. And what is fellowship? It's not a word you hear much in our culture or in our society outside of Christian circles. And it's a distinctly Christian word for this reason. It's when Christian people get together because they have in common the love and grace and goodness of God at the very center of who they are. The very center of who they are. I remember one of our first Sundays in coming to First Press just about 10 years ago now. Within five minutes of sitting in the congregation, there was a genuine sense of coming home. I traveled three and a half thousand miles. I'd left family and friends and denomination and nationality and country. But within five minutes... A sense of belonging because there was fellowship. There was a longing desire to talk about him who means so much to us. And fellowship happens right here Sunday morning when we gather together collectively as the people of God. And it happens in Sunday schools. And it happens in ladies' Bible studies. And it happens in men's breakfasts on Thursday morning when men meet each other, shake each other by the hand and say, how was your week? And they mean it. It's not just, how are you? How are you really doing? Because when fellowship takes place, when learning takes place, when love and care and genuine concern takes us to a whole new level, it happens in community. Christians never grow in isolation. They grow in community. And they grow in community, why? Because all too often there is transparency and accountability in a relational dynamic. Now let me unpack that for you. Because when someone you have prayed with and studied with and continue to do so over the years, when they shake your hand and say, how are you? They mean it. They genuinely care. They want to know how you're doing in your faith. Are you growing? Are you developing? They want to know about the situation you prayed for last Thursday morning. They want to know if the contract you were hoping to get worked out or didn't work out. And that's when you are able to say, actually, it didn't work out the way I'd hoped. And they will say, tell me a little more. 
And usually that conversation ends when someone puts their arm around you and says, I'm praying for you. That's authentic. That's credible. That's real Christianity growing and developing. Apostolic teaching, fellowship. Let me be as controversial and as poignant as I possibly can this morning. But I trust I'll do it gently. If you are not in a Sunday school class, a community, a life group that focuses on the reading of Scripture, of growth and development of your heart and mind and soul, you need to think again because that's where learning takes place. That's where care manifests itself. That's where an appetite and a longing for the presence of God shape and refine you. It is by no accident that Luke says, and they devoted themselves. This isn't a casual thing. They devoted themselves to apostolic teaching, to fellowship. And what is the third one? Breaking of bread. Now, if you are not from the south, you will understand exactly what I'm about to say. If you are from the south, the chances are you are living it every day and no longer notice it. But if you're not from the south and you arrive in the south and you're introduced to someone for the first time, inevitably, of course, they're going to shake your hand and ask how you are. And then they're going to ask, where are you from? Then they're going to ask your father's name and your mother's name. Then they're going to ask, did you come from a big family? Then they're going to ask, did you go to college or where did you go to school? Then they're going to ask, where do you live? And then they're going to ask 101 other questions. Now, in any other region across the continental USA, that's considered being nosy. Not in the South. In the South, that's genuine care because they want to get to know you. That's why we're known for our hospitality. And the first 15 minutes of any conversation is about establishing your pedigree, where you're from and who you know and where you went to school and if you have something in common. That's a good thing. That's a good thing. In Acts, Luke describes it this way the breaking of bread. And in a church setting, when someone gets to know you and prays for you and shares with you their life and you share with them and they invite you to the next level in that relationship, it is inevitable that they'll invite you to their home for something to eat. And when you invite someone to your home for something to eat, the whole relationship changes. Because when you are gathered around a table and you are eating together, getting to know each other, it moves to a level of intimacy you can't have in a five-minute conversation with a handshake. That's what's going on in Acts. They were delighting in the supernatural work of God, in the new births and the growth and development of the church. And in fact, at the end of the passage, what does it say? And the Lord was adding to their number daily. God was at work in a spectacular fashion, and they were in awe of him. And deep, intimate, 
lifelong relationships were being established and birthed in the midst of a church. That's what you can expect if you come to First Pres. That's what you can expect when you get into a life group. You can expect to grow in your faith. You can expect at times to be challenged and stretched because they'll hold you accountable and they'll look for transparency and they'll look for relationship. And all of that plays its part here in Acts. Let me try and sum it all up with what Luke writes. And when he writes verses 42, he says, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, to prayer. And then he closed, oh, I almost missed prayer. Excuse me, I can't do that. And to prayer. Why prayer? You can be a busy church without prayer. You can have a spectacular committee structure without prayer. You can have great resources and wonderful programs and be popular without prayer. But you cannot be Christ-like without prayer. You cannot be seeking after holiness without prayer. You cannot be growing and developing in your faith without prayer. You cannot be challenged to transparency without prayer. Because when you pray, you enter into His presence. You climb up onto His lap. You rest there. And He begins to refine you and change you. And call you to be the men and women of God He longs for you to be. That's why prayer is in there. It is foundational to the church. All the other things we can do that I mentioned moments ago, busyness and scheduling and efficiency, but without prayer, it is empty and shallow. And notice what he says in the final verse we're looking at today. They devoted themselves to apostolic teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer, and everyone was filled with awe. Filled with awe. That's not a casual awareness that God is there. What does awe mean? How do we define it? It's not a word you hear much about these days. But in a relationship with God, when we get to that sacred place, when we get to that place when we are overwhelmed by His love, reminded of His grace, impact profoundly by Him, we have an awareness of His majesty and His wonder and His glory. And the only thing we can do is shake our head in wonder and incredulity of the depth of His love, His faithfulness, how He answers prayer, how He forgives sin, how He gives us hope again, how in prayer, when we have lost our perspective and exhausted our energies, He wraps us in His arms of love and grace and holds us close and re-energizes and renews us. That's what it means to be in awe of Him. He who was and is, and is still to come. And let me close with a challenge. This is not an easy thing to say, but let me say it if I can. 
when was the last time you were lost in awe of God? And dare you, dare we, dare we as a congregation of the people of God in this place pray out, Father, may we know you, may we experience you, take us to that place that is full of your presence and your wonder and your glory. Fill us with your grace that we might be men and women filled with awe. That's what it means to grow in grace and gratitude. And may that be real for us this week. And may God have mercy upon us when he begins to radically change us and renew us. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for this remarkable passage of Scripture. Thank you that within its pages we find apostolic teaching. We're encouraged to a fellowship in the breaking of bread and to prayer. And Father, may that be your experience this week as once again we seek to live for you in the messy distractions of our everyday lives. Father, hold us close. Hear our prayers for we bring them to you in and through the name of Christ our Lord. Amen. Join us Wednesday evenings at First Presbyterian Church in downtown Greenville. Our Wednesday Advantage program includes an affordable meal and elective classes for adults with Bible study and music for youth and children. Visit firstpresgreenville.org or call 235-0496 for more details.